to the El Montecito School U.S. History Podcast for Monday, May 19th, 2014. On this day in 1926, Thomas Edison spoke on the radio for the first time. He was in Atlantic City, New Jersey at a dinner for the National Electric Light Association, and he spoke into a carbon microphone transmitter a device which he had invented almost 50 years earlier and which was used in most telephones through the 1980s. When he approached the device, he said, I don't know what to say. This is the first time I've ever spoken into one of these things. In 1928, the first frog-jumping jubilee was held in Calaveras County, California. The annual competition was inspired by a Mark Twain fable, The Celebrated Jumping Frog of Calaveras County, in which a man by the name of Jim Smiley catches and trains a frog to jump farther than any other. His hope, of course, is to draw others into a competition so that he can make money by betting on his trained frog. Twain set the story in the foothills of the Sierra Nevada mountains when the only city in Calaveras County, named Angel's Camp, had a bumpy, muddy road as its main street. In 1927, however, the city finally passed a bond measure to pave a new one, and in 1928, on this day, they held a frog-jumping contest to commemorate the fame the city received from the story, and it has been held annually ever since. In the competition, a frog is placed on a felt pad and allowed to take three jumps, after which its distance from the center of the pad is measured. The current record is held by Lee Giorducci's frog, Rosie the Ribbiter, with a total distance of 21 feet, 5 and 3 quarters inches, which took place in 1986. On this day in 1967, the Soviet Union ratified a treaty with the United States and Great Britain that banned nuclear weapons from outer space. Ten years earlier, as both the Cold War and space exploration were ramping up, the United States wanted to have international verification of objects being launched into space. Initially, the Soviet Union did not accept this proposal, but by the mid-60s they agreed and began a series of drafts that would lead to a formal pact. The Outer Space Treaty, as it is now known, has two main components. First, it contains an agreement not to place an orbit around the Earth, install on the Moon or any place else in outer space, nuclear weapons, or any other weapons of mass destruction. Second, it limits the use of the moon and other celestial bodies exclusively to peaceful purposes and expressly prohibits their use for establishing military bases. After the treaty was ratified by both governments later in 1967, the United States and the Soviet Union collaborated in jointly planned and jointly manned space enterprises. And in 1992, the 27th Amendment to the Constitution of the United States went into effect. The amendment prevents any changes in the salary of members of Congress from taking effect until the start of the next congressional session. The proposal was originally one of 12 amendments proposed by Congress in 1789 to be added to the Constitution. However, only 10 of the amendments were ratified by the required three-quarters of the states, and those became what we know of today as the Bill of Rights. The article regarding congressional pay was only approved by six states when ten were necessary for ratification. As more states were added to the Union, the threshold for passage increased and the article was quickly forgotten. But in 1982, a University of Texas student by the name of Gregory Watson 
was writing a paper on unratified amendments. He got a C on the paper. However, he noticed that the Constitution had no time limit for ratification, so he made a push for the proposal to be approved around a time when Congress was giving themselves controversial increases in pay. Over the next 10 years, states slowly began to ratify the article, and when Michigan became the 38th state to do so, it went to the United States Archivist, who certified the votes and added it to the Constitution on this day in 1992. So our most recent constitutional amendment was submitted by James Madison during the presidency of George Washington, but was actually ratified when the resident of the White House was Bill Clinton over a total of 202 years, 7 months, and 12 days. Our theme today is the executive branch and how we are to pray for the president. Every president has acknowledged the presence of God in his term and the importance of turning to him in prayer. Andrew Jackson said, Finally, it is my most fervent prayer that the Almighty Being before whom I now stand, and who has kept us in his hands from the infancy of our republic unto the present day, that he will so overrule all my intentions and actions, and inspire the hearts of my fellow citizens, that we may be preserved from dangers of all kinds, and continue forever a united and happy people. And Grover Cleveland once said, I know there is a supreme being who rules the affairs of men, and whose goodness and mercy have always followed the American people. And I know he will not turn from us now if we humbly and reverently seek his powerful aid. This has been the El Montecito School U.S. History Podcast. Produced by Nate Conklin, this is Mark Bates with music by Olivia Bates. When you cross the street, be sure to look both ways, into the past and ahead to the future.